Welcome to the Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast, where each episode we discuss ways to improve the health of the team that makes up your business and ultimately helps improve your business. We'll discuss mind, body, spirit, and finance as the foundation of building this healthy team. All right, and welcome to the next episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast. Today, we're going to dive into the topic of fasting. Um, but unlike other episodes of fasting discussion you might have heard on different health podcasts or whatever, David and I are going to kind of take a look at it, um, both on our personal journeys with fasting, but also how it might be implemented into your workplace. Um, just in our spitballing, we've, we've come up with some interesting concepts that may or may not be um, widely accepted, but uh, if we have listeners that want to comment on it, I think it would be interesting to hear. But first of all, um, David is actually much more disciplined, uh, routine, faster than, than I am. So I thought I would be inter- it would be interesting, David, for you to talk a little bit about your introduction to yourself with fasting, how that got started, um, and what you've seen as the benefits of that. So we can kind of get a, get a place to start with uh, you know, why someone might fast in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like you said, I think this is one of the most interesting topics and can have some of the, the most profound effects on people's lives. Uh, almost a year and a half, two years ago, um, the reason why I started was I have a pretty severe skin rash on my chest and on my back. I've had it for 11 years or so. It started while I was in the Marine Corps. I'm not quite sure what. It's something that I picked up while I was in the military. And I've been going to the VA for it for, for years, um, trying to figure out what to do to get rid of it. Nothing's ever worked, either oral or topical medications that the VA have tried to prescribe to me, or they did prescribe to me, and I did try. Um, and I continue to go back to them, and they would continue to just tell me to take different medications, try more uh, intense medications, and things that I just really wasn't comfortable with. So I started asking the and this is not a, anything negative on the VA, but sometimes the limitations that they might have. And I, I asked uh, for other ideas or other ways to go about it besides just kind of, I guess, treating the symptoms rather than getting to the root cause of why am I having this really bad rash that's uh, itchy and, and just kind of annoying on my body. They really never had any answers for me. So I started you know, just doing my own reading, research, talking to people like yourself and uh started learning about the powers of fasting. So I started fasting and started with, you know, just the whole kind of pushing it till the end of the day, eating one meal a day, and then started to go to two days without eating, then goes, then started to go to three days and did all the way up to five day fasting. Um, and each time I would do it a long fast and even just started fasting in general, um, it started to clear up the, the skin issues that I was having. It hasn't gone away completely. Um, but it significantly has changed uh, the the brightness of the red, the rash that I have on my body has, has decreased a lot. Um, but that's mainly why I started fasting was I was tired of listening to people throw more medications at me. And I am not somebody that likes to take medications. I think there's, <laughs> there's better ways to solve the problem and to get to the root cause. And so that's kind of why I started fasting. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And what's I think the underlying thing about that particular protocol fasting was that's like the simplest thing that can be done. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, there's, I'm not saying it's for everybody. It's not easy, but, um, what you're basically doing is you're, you're basically stepping away 
and allowing your body to do what it knows how to do through a natural healing process by turning off all incoming fire. I mean, you're basically saying, okay, I'm taking away every other thing that might be coming at you to cause any kind of issue at all. Yeah. And then we're going to see uh, how you react. And uh, it's just super powerful stuff. Yeah, so, I was I was blown away and it's free. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's mind boggling to me that it's free. You can do it at any time. You know, just, just again, it's not a hard resource that I had to wait weeks to get a medication maybe for, or they sent it to the wrong address. Just don't eat. Yeah. It would resolve the issue for me. So it was, and it really also had a lot of profound other impacts, not just the rash. So, um, yeah, I, mean, I can't uh, advocate more for fasting. I think it's one of the best tools that we all have and an underutilized resource that people just think is a very strange thing but and taboo, but just, you know, you try it and you'll start to just again, see the mental benefits as well as the, the very long list of uh, health benefits. Yeah. One other follow-up I want to ask you about that. Um, when you when you fast or when you're in a fasting period, um, what what do you what do you allow yourself? I mean, are you just water black coffee kind of guy, or yeah. do you have any any other thing that you salt? Um, okay. But I usually I start you know the day with coffee like everybody pretty much in America. So I start with black coffee. Yeah, just uh, black. Sometimes I'll do some keto stuff. Throw a little bit of butter or you know something else like that. But yeah, pretty much just black coffee, water all day, and um, yeah, salt. Okay. Usually around lunchtime, I'll I'll take some uh, Celtic salt or Himalayan salt and put it underneath my tongue, but that's about it. Okay, that's say kind of same thing that I do when I when I choose fasting. So I don't drink coffee. I'm the one person in America <laughs> that doesn't drink coffee. So uh, that's my outcast moment. What, what are you drinking? Tea? Water? Um, sometimes some green tea. Yeah, I have I'm very sensitive to caffeine. Mm. Um, I, I've I've known that about myself for a long time, but then I got one of those. 23andMe tests, mm. and I that's one of the things that it came up, so it kind of reaffirmed what I already knew. Yeah. Um, and I've just never developed a... I'm a morning, I'm a natural morning person, so I kind of get up and I'm ready to get after it. Yeah. And um, so coffee just never seemed like it made sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that's good. So, that's okay. good. So, it's let, me, let me ask you, um, when you first started... Did you did you start fasting first, or did you start changing the makeup of your nutrition first, or was it simultaneous? It was all simultaneously. I mean, I was kind of trying to. My wife is is a pretty healthy individual and has kind of dabbled in some of these things before, so I was able to kind of bounce some things off of her. I called you a few times um, right. as well to ask for some advice, but yeah, I was doing it kind of all at the same time. Stopped okay. drinking alcohol. I stopped. I started kind of going more towards the the keto diet or or pretty uh, deliberate in my keto, but then the fasting, uh, they were all, all three kind of at the same okay. time doing all this. And then do you remember a transition, any transition issues um, that you went through? Would your body react fun funky to anything? I mean, headaches um, are common or um, changes in sleep patterns. Um, bowel issues, anything like that. Do you remember any of that kind of stuff? There's a little bit of bowel issues, like <laughs> at the very beginning. Um, but that was honestly, it was, it was super quick and I didn't really have any issues. Um, no, I didn't, I didn't have any negative side effects, if you will. Uh, there has, there was some time with, uh, I think I, I had some, that same kind of amped upness in the very beginning where I wasn't, I was having a harder time sleeping. Uh, and when I will do really long fasting, sometimes the three and the four and the five days, I'll have a hard time sleeping. Um, 
but besides that, if I just do my normal, every every day pretty much I just eat one meal a day. Okay, so that's where you are now, yeah. right? Okay. All day. Yeah. And, that, and you've told me before, but just for our listeners, I mean, that meal looks pretty similar just about every day, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Okay. I eat a salad and, and meat every day. Okay. And what, how long do you think it was from the time you started messing with this stuff till you were able to do one meal a day without without it being like a stressor? I mean, I kind of have a weird background and kind of am used to doing it. So okay. it wasn't like a big deal for me. I really never ate breakfast much. I was, I just didn't like eating much in the morning. Okay. Uh, so I was always kind of usually eating later or 10 maybe in the day or 11. Um, and then, you know, eating kind of grazing for the rest of the day, bags of chips, Nutri-Grain bars, power bars, things like that throughout the day. But I was kind of used to not eating from the Marine Corps. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> it wasn't really a big deal. It didn't bother me at all. I like to just work and not have to stop. So it really didn't bother me in regards to that or like food cravings. Um, so the overall transition, I know that can be a challenge for some people of, I got to really now, you know, stop eating breakfast and lunch and yeah. things like that. But you know, those I've, we've got like four or five different people at Signet now that do it. And for most of them, you know, they just gradually started rolling it back. You know, instead of what do you remember hearing from them? Uh, just how weird it is. You okay. know, just, it's, it's different now, you know, their, the relationships of maybe their coworker and then would go grab, you know, McDonald's breakfast in the morning or they'll go to the break room together. Well, now they're maybe not going in there because it's hard to maybe sit down with somebody and yeah. watch them eat a bowl of food while you just sit there. Um, but no one's really said it, that it's super hard. Um, you know, one of the biggest things that I hear biggest complaints is coffee in the morning okay. and having to change their coffee. Yep. Uh, and I can understand I that. Uh, I enjoy, you know, I mean, it, it, it tastes good when you put one of those uh, <coughs> French vanilla coffee creamers in there. I, I sure. You know, understandably so. But that's not even, it's hydrogenated oil. You know, it's not even milk for the most part. So uh, that's the biggest complaint. Okay. So trying to share other ideas to that or at least maybe something that's less harmful than that. That's in, yeah, that's great. That, um <laughs> So there's a couple of things I think to unpack there, which is interesting. Number one, um, this you mentioned a little bit of trouble like amped up sleeping. So we and we were just talking about this offline before we, we started recording. That you know that that clean burning energy that your body produces when you're not on glucose. Um, so number one, like if you follow up, you know, a low carb or ketogenic diet, that that can happen. But then when you're fasting, you know, you definitely have depleted all your other stores of of, uh, of glucose supply and your body starts running on, on effectively on ketones, you know, using its own fat and that's a clean burning energy. So it's a different, it's a different feeling. Yeah. Um, it's almost buzzy like at first, um, until you get used to it. Yeah. And so and I remember going through that same thing, um, which was kind of fun. So, um, but the other thing that's interesting to know, and, and one reason why people might want to implement some sort of fasting or what, What's also called time restricted eating. Now that's the new cool word mm -hmm. because fasting sounds like some kind of disorder. Um, is that, and the reason I asked about the nutrition is that there's been studies, and I can't cite any of them right now, but I know I've I've heard them reported and read of one or two that just restricting the eating window without changing your nutrition still has positive impacts on yeah. uh, on weight loss, on body composition. Uh, mood yep. and the biggest thing you mentioned which I think is really important is like the inflammation mm -hmm. stuff that's going on I mean you were having some issues that most people would have 
been in a doctor's office to go see. And they would have gone probably years on some random different course of meds, probably experimenting the entire time and never having a resolution. And them saying, we're just going to have to live with this. Well, and that is two kind of things to, to say to that. Um, I mean, you know, every once in a while I will go off of the, my son's birthday of fasting and eating kind of more towards the, the keto diet or keto lifestyle rather. And fasting will like fix me within a day or two. It, it just, not to, not to use that as a tool necessarily so you can go eat McDonald's still, but just the, the power of fasting and what it can do to your body. Um, then the other aspect is um, the, the sleep and and what, what that's done for me. And like the, the minimal amount of sleep I need is just in the mood that I have from fasting. It's mind boggling yeah. on how happy I have become. Um, and again, the, the thing with me is a year and a half ago, two years ago, I was eating McDonald's all the time. I was eating Wendy's. I was drinking all the time. So it wasn't, you know, like this was a, a really long transition. It was just saying, hey, maybe I should stop eating this. I have a skin condition also that was starting to kind of show um, from, I think, maybe time in the Marine Corps that, you know, it was, it's able to, to not only help the inflammation, but it's really helped my skin issues that I have. Yeah. So, yeah. Interestingly, um, when I, when I health coach, um, individual clients, I've had, I've had them first when we start cleaning up their diet, even if we don't get to the point of the time restricted eating yet, before they start losing weight, a lot of times they'll tell me well, my skin is better. Mm. My, my eczema cleared up, yeah. you know, or, I, I just seem like my, my skin just looks better. So it's interesting that, that you pointed that out. But again, that's the inflammation stuff. The, the, your skin doesn't like sugar. <laughs> your, your skin likes collagen and protein. And um, when you take that sugar away, it, it can finally find that stuff and let it come back out to the surface, which is good. Yeah. And then another thing that you said I thought was cool when you talked about it being weird. Um, I remember not too long ago, or maybe longer than I think now, but... Um, I heard an interview with um, um, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, founder of Twitter, and he was. It was on a it was on a health and wellness podcast. It might have been Ben Greenfield, but he talked about he eats one meal a day, mm-hmm. and so from a from a professional standpoint, from a busy executive, I mean, you and I don't have businesses quite as large as Twitter, but when you're busy. Eating is actually inconvenient if you think about it in those terms. I mean, because you have to kind of stop if you're doing it properly. You got to stop what you're doing. Um, you got, you have to take time out and stop being productive, you know. And so he's found that he's able to function much better mm-hmm. by just eating when he gets home at night. Mm-hmm. And during the day, he can just grind. <clears throat> and what was really sad about that was when that interview came out, there was articles in a couple pretty big publications talking about um, his weird habits and odd weird habits. And I just thought, well, these people just don't get it. No, that's why I don't uh, turn the news on. Yeah. It was really sad. <laughs> um, and, you know, agree or disagree with, with Jack Dorsey and his business and all that kind of stuff. But I just felt like, well, that wasn't really fair to that guy. No, yeah. I mean, here's a guy who's found a, a health hack that really helps him out. Um, and the news wanted to tear him apart over it. And I just thought, well, no wonder people don't go down the road. You and I talked about this last time about how being healthy is almost stigmatized as being weird. And it's like, man, that's not right. Well, when you have 70% of the population that's either obese or overweight, I mean, we're the... You're the, you're the outlier. Exactly. Yeah. So now that... Um, 
So there's a couple of things about fasting I want to get into from a just sort of biologically why it works. And I think then I want you and I to get into the, our thoughts about how to implement it in your workplace. But, um, you know, one of the things that happens when you, when you fast, um, and there's not really a good way to measure this. So I think people are thinking it's somewhere between the 14 and 16 hour mark is this process called autophagy that starts. Mm-hmm. Um, that is basically your body's recycling program. Um, so when you have, when you have cells that are either damaged, uh, dead, not functioning at 100% or whatever, um, those things need to need to kind of head out the door and and be um, be recycled. But when you're constantly consuming calories, those those that process of autophagy doesn't really happen like it's supposed to, and those cells then end up staying in your body, um, and that starts kind of causing the inflammation, which kind of leads to all the other stuff. So when your body's not able to you know get the junk out um, and take care of that stuff. The other thing that happens is, you know, your body's sort of cannibal, cannibalistic. Your body, the good cells will kind of eat the bad cells mm-hmm. and kind of process them and use them for energy. So that process is interesting. And again, that's that's theorized that it starts happening about the 14 or so hour window of a fast. And so for people that are thinking, how in the world am I going to go 14 hours without eating? I mean, and that was me, you know, in a, in a prior time, you know, especially coming from a bodybuilding background where I was eating every two to three hours. Mm-hmm. Um, when people start talking to me about fasting, I just said, well, uh, you're welcome to do that, but I, yeah. <laughs> I'm never jumping on that bandwagon. Yeah. Um, but you know what that looks like if, if you, if you eat your dinner at say six or six thirty in the evening, um, you go to bed at, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever like that. Um, and then you can push your first meal till 10 or 11 the next day. Like you talked about, you know, there's your 14, 15 hour window. So it's not that hard. No, I would, I would also just say maybe to try to, if you're going to try to tackle it, like do it Monday to Friday. Yeah. To, I think it's best to you know, stay occupied. So it's, a, it's easier too. I think when you're at work and you're, you're on your machine or you're whatever at your desk, whatever it is you're having to do your, your job is and not having to sit there on Saturday and staring at the, the wall or the clock on the wall and, I agree. I, I think uh, whenever I talk to somebody about their first forays into that, it's always uh, be busy. Make sure you're busy. Make sure you got something to do. Because um, I, I do that myself. I mean, if it, if I'm home on a Saturday morning and I'm making the kids breakfast, you know, we're trying to do something a little bit more than we normally do during the week, and um, I don't necessarily have something I'm ready to dive into right then and there. I mean, I'm probably going to eat something. Yeah. And and I don't. I'm not. I'm fine. I don't care. I don't, I'm fine with it. But. You're right. If you if you just had to sit in a room for 24 hours and not eat, um, you would go insane because you'd be thinking about eating all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I <laughs> think the other thing that's true about when you when you fasting can also happen in the reverse, where instead of that being the first tool, if you clean up your diet, where you're eating nutrient dense portions of food with each meal, you start becoming less hungry. Mm-hmm. You know, we we fix those those signals of satiety, uh, ghrelin and leptin and these other ones that, you know, these doctors will throw around as your satiety signals that tell you either to, that you need to be hungry, which I, which is ghrelin is the one that says, you know, it's our ancestral thing that says you need to eat or you're going to die. So please go eat something. Um, and the leptin is the one that says, okay, I got everything I need. You can, you can chill out now. So what we find is that when people start eating that way, even if you don't tell them, they're just like, and I'm just not as hungry for long. And we're like, well, that's good. Yeah. 
don't eat. Yeah. Um, your body's an amazing tool. And I think the other thing that we can look at too is just from an ancestral perspective, you know, t- today we call it fasting. They would have called it, you know, starving or <laughs> some other more severe word. But if you think, again, I just like to just tell folks, you know, if, if you could snap your fingers in a time machine and wake up right here again, you know, 250,000 years ago, um, when you woke up, there wouldn't have been breakfast to eat until you went caught, you know, foraged, killed, whatever, butchered something, mm-hmm. um, which meant you had to expend calories. And you might have had to go a few days without like that. Like you said, you might have had to walk 15, 20 miles with your with your tribe uh, to go find something like that. You know, maybe that's where the from where your shelter was to the closest animal herd that day. That's where it was. So our bodies are uh, designed to be able to withstand weeks of time with no nutrition coming in, really. Um, even the leanest among us has thousands, tens of thousands of calories of stored fat on them, even if you're down in the you know single-digit fat percent range. Yeah. That's what I find interesting if you think about that and then to where we are today. Yeah. So if we should be walking maybe 15 to 20 miles a day, looking for your food source and things like that, now I'm sitting for almost 23, 22 hours a day, maybe between my car, my bed, my chair at the office. Yeah. And then I'm putting McDonald's in front of me and hungry man, microwavable dinners and like all this other wildness. No wonder we don't feel good. No wonder we have depression and you know all these other crazy things going through the roof because we're not number, number one thing is our bodies and how we taking care of that. Can you do all the other things correctly if you're not feeding your body a proper fuel source? So, yeah, agreed. And that, I think it's just a, it's a self-perpetuating nightmare um, when that happens that we just start heading down that road. Um, the, the other thing that <clears throat> I think is important is that people that fast have to understand that you're not necessarily supposed to restrict calories. You don't have to restrict calories. Um, so like you eat one meal a day, I'm sure it's, it's quite a meal. And um, I generally eat twice a day. But those are significant. I mean, those are 900,000 calorie meals. I mean, it's a lot of food. So um, sometimes when people hear you thinking about that or talking about that, they're like, well, you know, I'm going to shrivel up to nothing. But that's not really the case. You know, know, I'm still able to carry, you know, lean muscle mass on my frame without, um, without stuffing my face every two hours and having protein shakes at night. (laughs) All this kind of stuff that I used to do. Yeah. Uh, and bowls and bowls of rice and oatmeal and all yeah. that other kind of stuff. So it's your body is totally fine to handle that uh, performance. And again, you got to think about it ancestrally. If, if you were charged with the responsibility of going hunting for your family or your group, um, your body would have to have mechanisms to be able to go do that when you hadn't had anything to eat for two or three days. You still got to be able to get up and function. And I think, you know, when you're talking about these longer fasts you've done, these three and five day fasts, you went and went to work, got to work every day. Yeah. And you, you live to tell about it. So, um, you're, you're none the worse for it. So I think it's a good thing. The other part of it, I think is it's a, it's a great mental victory mm-hmm. when you can conquer this idea that you have to eat every, you know, five or six hours for three meals a day or whatever it is that your normal routine is. I think that if you can do that, I think mentally you have just really climbed a mountain. Yeah, it really then just also just starts to make you think completely differently about how all these 
you know, we've, we're kind of been taught to do these different things. Like I just went two days without eating. Maybe I don't have to wake up and eat, you know, this, this food pyramid that they tell me I have to follow and this and that, like I wasn't a bodybuilder, you know, to your extent, but doing the same type of thing, I feel like that's, that's what everyone is told. Like, Hey, you got to be on the football team. You got to bulk up with rice and chicken and waking up in the middle of the night and eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and all these crazy things about bulking. I remember every time I did, I felt like garbage. Yeah. I felt like garbage for years when I was trying to do that same type of stuff for sports or for the military. I never felt well. Mm. I looked okay. I was pretty bloated, but now just the difference in how much better you can feel. And then again, now what you maybe start to think a little bit differently on where I'm spending my time or what I'm putting into my brain, because this is a well-oiled machine. I want to keep it at, in top, top gear. So how do yeah. I do that in all aspects? Yeah. Um, we'll, and we'll transition in just a minute, but I, another thing that I just kind of thought about when you said that, you know, as a, you and I both had our, um, can run, run our businesses and we're sort of recharged with quite a bit of responsibility. But what I like about fasting now or being, being, um, adapted to being able to do that is if something comes up, an emergency comes up or all of a sudden you got to go somewhere and stop and like, I don't have to think about what am I going to eat? Yeah. You know, it used to be a big concern of mine. I mean, I, you know, I hunt, I know you're going to get into hunting. I used to get up, you know, 45 minutes before I needed to on hunting mornings, which already are early mornings anyway. Yeah. So I could eat. Yeah. And now I get up and go hunting and I don't even think about it. I, just, I can get up three minutes before I need to roll out the door and just get up and go yeah. grab my stuff and get in the truck. Um, man, what a difference that's made. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have the same thing with traveling. I used to do a lot of traveling for work and some other things. And I used to dread going to the airport because I didn't have, what are my snacks for today? Yeah. For my airport bag. And then I, cause I don't want to eat at the airport maybe with the food, but maybe I will eat the airport food. I don't have to worry about packing any of that. Just bring a lot of water. Yeah. Lots of water bottles to refill and, and how much better I feel during the whole process. Cause I mean, flying is not good for your body. And I feel a lot better now when I land at my final destination versus how I used to feel. So yeah. I agree. It, it's a, uh, it's a big change. Yeah. So one of the things you and I have been talking about um, is this concept of what if you had a fasting workforce? And and we're we're thinking of it in terms of you and I are kind of in the more in the blue collar sector. Um, but I think it could work just about anywhere. But what if you had a fasted team of, let's say, it's your business, you know, 15, 20 employees on your production floor or, or mine, you know, um, maybe slightly more than that, that could work nonstop without having to take a break um, and produce that whole time, but do it, do it fasted, you yeah. no lunch breaks and that kind of stuff. So we did look at it. Um, there's no federal law and there's definitely no state law in our state of Virginia that says that you have to provide a break time. I don't know if people know that or not. Yeah. It sounds very archaic uh, given you know, the past hundred years of evolution of, of employment law, but there is no rule about that. Yeah. Um, and so an employer that gives their employees a, a break, um, is, is doing it because it well, it's probably the right thing to do, but it's also societal, you know, well, you got to stop and eat lunch. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What do you think about that? Just this idea of, I mean, I think got clocking in and just grind it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's good. And it's just like the, the aspect of fasting versus eating the McDonald's diet. I mean, why can't we talk about it? You know, and I know just like myself, I wouldn't just do it to my workforce. I mean, we would talk with them and we would make sure everybody's on board with it. But I think the concept's phenomenal. Every time somebody stops 
to do something if it's either a break or if it's they have to go fix a problem at work it usually takes 15 minutes anywhere up to, to 15 minutes to get back on task well if you take two breaks or one break and then one lunch a day there's 30 minutes to get back on task on top of the 30 minute lunch on top of the 15 minute break machine time down we're not making any money and they're not you know like nobody wins in that situation so if you could now take that eight hour work day and bring it down to say six hours or maybe even less because they're able to run the machinery for a lot longer. I'd say, I mean, it's a win-win for, for all parties concerned. If What if the average work week now could go from 40 hours down to you know, 32, 30, right. maybe, I mean, whatever those numbers now can, can go down to because you're getting a lot more production out. And I think that then potentially could improve the you know, morale and, and family life of everybody. Now you're home, potentially. Yeah, and I, and I think just so we can be clear, our theory there is not that you would pay your employees less. Yeah. They would still make the same money. Yeah. So, um, you know, they would still get paid the equivalent of their 40 hour work week, mm -hmm. but maybe they only have to work 30 to 32 hours. Um, assuming your productivity, your throughput, you know, could still be met and that kind of stuff. You know, in our, like in our business, we actually, we run two shifts. Um, actually for the next two weeks, perhaps we got to run three shifts to kind of catch up. But, um, so, but what if, so those shifts right now are, you know, eight hour shifts, mm -hmm. but what if I could run them in six hour shifts? Yeah. So now I've got people here, let's say from, uh, 7am to 7pm instead of 7am to midnight. Um, all of a sudden working second shift is much more attractive <laughs> because people can be home still have time with their families in the evenings for dinner and stuff, not messing up their sleep patterns. Um, and your daytime guys, <clears throat> you know, they're, they're out of here in time to go get their kids off the school bus if they want to. So there's a, there's a lot of benefit to that. Now, I think you could probably accomplish that without everyone having to be fasted, but as long as everybody understood that from the time you clock in until it's time to leave, there's no break. Yeah. It's just, it's just work. Um, and you and I know just from experience that if you can do that in a fasted state, especially if you're disciplined enough to you know get your body, you know, fat adapted where you're running off of stored fat instead of having to eat, um, and you can grind it out. Yeah. Yeah, you're so much more productive, you're happier. I think this is what's, again, fun about this podcast and the topic is if you were in a nomad time, I mean, you wouldn't have one person that's just dragging ass behind that's it. Right. And, you know, so we would talk to that person. And yeah. how, do we, how do you participate more in the hunt? And I feel like that's just all we're trying to do is just how how do we all work together more if it's through a fasted state, if it's you know through one of the other podcast topics that we've talked about, how do we just improve everyone's lot in life and how do we make it so that you're a good teammate here and then a good teammate back outside of the of work in your family life and fasting is definitely one of the tools that can help you and ideally people can see that same thing and then maybe it starts to transfer over into you only have to work six hours a day yeah yeah i would i would love to maybe talk about that with my management team to see if we can kind of start proposing some of that and again if, if it wouldn't be just based on fasting just based on here's what I, here's what we need to maintain as far as output yeah um, there's some limitations because we have, you know, equipment that only runs at a certain speed and you, you know, if you need to get so many parts out per day and it, it takes this many hours to do that or whatever, but, um, I think you could figure that out. Yeah. Um, by, by making some, some adjustments to get that to work. So it'd be kind of cool though, but the, then people start to understand, well, if I'm going to do this, God, dude. I gotta make sure I don't get hungry during that time. How do I do that? Well, how how do you talk to your people here about fasting? I mean, how have you broached the topic with well, your teammates? Well, it was one of the topics of our monthly um, nutrition talks 
was actually I did a presentation on fasting. Um, it was, I, I probably got as many questions on that as I have on most of the any of the other ones that I've done follow-ups and um, the few people that have come to me to ask for any nutrition help privately after that um, they have all of them have found their way to some sort of time restricted eating mm. and most of it's happened naturally yeah it's like wow I'm not hungry when I wake up or I don't even really want to eat lunch because I'm just not hungry yet. You know, they'll eat lunch at two or three o'clock in the afternoon or something like that. Instead, so they haven't eaten since dinner the night before. That just kind of happens. Um, but there's others that you could set your watch by when they walk back to the kitchen. Yeah. Every day, and I know they probably had something to eat before they came, or like you said, they had some coffee with some kind of basically a piece of chocolate cake in their coffee. Yeah. And then at nine o'clock, they're having some kind of you know, Lord knows what they're eating. Um, so you know, that concept would be definitely a little bit of a hill for some yeah. of them. But I think a lot of them, I think would probably be just fine. Are there any negatives or anything you have, you should watch out for when talking to your team about fasting or that you found here that maybe some, a warning that you could give your team well, or anything like that? Yeah. I think if you've got someone that has any kind of disordered eating, um, or any kind of past history of, you know, body dysmorphia or anything like that, it can be really touchy. Um, I'm, you know, I was mentioning earlier how great of a mental victory it is, and I still think that's the case. But if somebody has any kind of issue in the past, especially if they've been on the, not on the side that you and I are more concerned about, but if they've been on the anorexia side or bulimia side or something like that, um, that, that thing might, might could get out a little bit out of control. So I think you do have to be aware of that. And I, I think that's a fine thing to ask someone, you know, we're going to talk about this, but I need to know have you ever had any issues with you know, eating disorders or something like that? Because those, those issues, generally speaking, I think are more mental than they are you know, physical. Mm. So I think you got to watch that because then, you know, fasting can be something that they glom onto and don't let go of. Yeah. And there, there's times when it's appropriate. And I think there's times when you got to make sure you're still feeding your body. So <clears throat> that's the biggest one. I think other than that, I mean, I don't, I don't really know of any downsides, especially you in a production. Anybody's like, you know, some of the things that I'll hear when I'll talk about, well, I'm a diabetic. I have to, well, I'm a this. And you, I mean, I know as you, you kind of chuckle there, the, what we all kind of deal with on anything, no one really enjoys change or a lot of times maybe because we don't know the whole aspect of the change. We yeah. don't like the change. Um, so what do you deal with on those types? I'm a diabetic. I need to be eating this little Snickers bar to control my sugar. <laughs> <laughs> well, so yeah, if it's a type one diabetic, that's one, that's one situation. Um, because your body just actually is not producing insulin. But if you're a type two diabetic, you know, that can be fixed. That was, it was your fault to begin with and it can be fixed, uh, through nutrition. And actually fasting is an amazing tool to fix that. Because you force to shuttle glucose out of the body, um, you, you burn it all up and get it out of get it out of the way. Get your insulin to come crashing back down. You know, insulin control <clears throat> for a lot of people that I listen to and getting you know dietary advice from M MDs and researchers and stuff. This idea that you can control insulin is one of the most powerful things there is because it's one of the hormones that kind of drives all the other processes. Mm -hmm. It's it's vital. And it's, in, and it's how we uptake nutrition into our cells. It's, it's the key to open the door. And when we, when we res, have insulin resistance, we're not getting proper nutrients and our body's just constantly starving itself for more and more. And that's why your hunger signals kind of get jacked up and you constantly think you've got to eat all the time. Yeah. So it's, it's like, again, it's one of those things that it seems like in nutrition and health, we get into these vacuums and this stuff just kind of just keeps 
messing you up worse and worse. So, um, so I think I kind of went off topic there, but when people have that, I, I, I made a post the other day on, I think it was probably on my Instagram, but I said, the easiest thing to find is an excuse. Mm. And I didn't hear that from anybody. It just, it just came to me. So I'll take, I'll take credit for that. <laughs> I think I, t- I think I made that up, but I think that's true. Cause as soon as you say something to me that I don't immediately agree with or whatever, I'm going to say, well, I can't really do that because, you know, and like what, so these things you're mentioning are, that's what those things are. They're just excuses and it's a quick way to get out of something. Yeah. And, um, to me, you don't grow, you don't grow in that land. Excuses don't make you grow. You know, action makes you grow. Yeah. And, um, you gotta go through a little bit of, you know, heartache or maybe something different is how things gotta happen. So I think, you know, those topics can be fixed. And again, the stuff we just talked about, I mean, if you can get up and get out the door in the morning, what if you can sleep for an extra 30 minutes? Cause you don't have to worry about getting up and eating. What if, because you're eating this crappy coffee and whatever else you had the night before and you're, you have irritable bowel syndrome. Mm-hmm. So you're spending two hours of your day. If you add it all up is in the bathroom. Yeah. You know, you talk about time off task or getting back on task, but I mean, that's disruptive as hell. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in a manufacturing environment, you can't have a bathroom every 10 feet. They're, they're, Bathrooms are expensive yeah. to put in. So um, people have to walk a pretty good ways to get to a bathroom. So there's all kinds of time lost there. So all these little things that that are just um, side benefits of, uh, well, just a cleaner nutrition routine in general. But then when you get into fasting, it's definitely improved. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things definitely are better. I mean, your digestive system loves it. I think you would probably certainly attest to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I know that's all good, uh, good information and, and a good way to handle, I guess, those different obstacles, you know, with patience, but any of it's achievable, just you can, we can all try it and maybe just asking your teammates to just start by 30 minutes, push it yeah. back 30 minutes. If you, you did it at nine, you would always eat breakfast, try to nine 30, then yeah. we'll try to 10 and then we'll try it to 10 30 and so on until you can get to lunch and you can try to get to those 14 to 16 hours and then start to feel the benefits and then. I've found that usually people are pretty hooked and they understand that, okay, wow, this really can have a a massive impact if it's whatever area of their life that they want to hit that you've kind of addressed there, if it's sleep or money or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a a great tool that people need to be aware of. It is, it is a great tool and it's a, and that's the time of healing. You know, when you sleep, that's when you grow and heal and rebuild Mm -hmm. and everything. But I think fasting kind of helps you get there. Sort of during the daytime, yeah. you know, during waking hours. Yeah. Um, again, the recycling processes of autophagy and things like that that happen are are just so powerful uh, tools for the body to you know get get the hang of. And you and I kind of you know I know you got your homesteading thing going on, and I've got a couple of projects I've done at my house. But you know I do all that stuff fasted. Yeah. You know, I mean, start early in the morning, and again, if you're busy. Um, but when you don't have to, when you get into something like a like I had that retaining wall project or stuff like you're probably going to be getting into up at your new property. When you need to put in a day, a real day's work, you know, eight, 10 hours of getting after something and you get dirty and sweaty and all this kind of stuff. You don't want to go in and get all cleaned up and take a, take a break, maybe walk into AC and everything. Cause that messes up everything else. And then go back out and do it again. Like you're unmotivated as hell. Plus, Sometimes, depending on what you eat, when you after you eat, you feel kind of lethargic and you're kind of down and out because your body's having to do all this work. If you can get past that and just dive in yeah. um, and go, 
The, the other thing that I think happens too, we, we talked about earlier, the signaling, teaching people the difference between actually being hungry and feeling like you need to eat something. You know, that's a really different place, very different place, um, biologically and mentally. Day five, I could tell I needed to eat. Yeah, <laughs> I would imagine so. Oh, I think that's that's probably fairly normal. So your motivation to go kill something was kind of going, was through, was going through the roof. That's right. Yeah, but I, you know, I heard some one a podcaster say one time she was talking about this as a female, saying, you know, hunger is when you want to eat a sixteen ounce ribeye steak, and you think you can take that on. Hunger is not when you're like, well, I, I don't really need a you know a handful of chips. That's not hunger. That's just this annoying little thing that your body's kind of just craving something because it's not designed to go get the fat that it needs yeah. to burn. And so that's what I tell people, you know, well, I start getting hungry. Okay. What do you mean by that? What does that really mean? Can you sit down? And if I put, you know, a plate full of ribeyes in front of you, could you eat the whole plate full? Well, no. I, I, okay. Well, you're not hungry. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is suck it up. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, power through that yeah and um learning what those signals are and again that stuff gets fixed it doesn't take very long no um i would think i'm sure when you transitioned it it didn't take very long no actually when you just discipline a little bit and let your body kind of start relearning how ancestrally it knows how to handle it no yeah we don't talk too much about the suck it up part but i think that's what needs to happen a lot in life with a lot well yes yeah. <laughs> these topics that we're talking about is yeah, these are the challenging things, but that's what's fun about dealing with people is you got to try to figure out the different ways that you know whatever hits their cord or whatever makes them you know tick and and try fasting or try financial you know peace or whatever it is that we're gonna address on the on it. But that's what the majority of it is. Yeah, it doesn't make you popular. <laughs> no, you can you can tell me the excuse about why the money's not gonna work on you trying a savings plan or why fasting's not gonna work because your wife always has a dinner ready or breakfast ready. You can always come up with an excuse, like you said. So we can be the unpopular uh, individuals at times when we try to broach these topics, but we're both doing it out of the desire to try to help the team. So yeah, I agree. That's, that's where it kind of comes back to, um, but. Maybe in the, I know we can talk forever on fasting yeah. since we both love fasting. and uh, It's funny because it should be a non-topic because basically it's not eating. <laughs> <laughs> so it should be uh, like a three-second conversation. Yeah. Fasting. But it can go on forever. Yeah. Um, but in that, you know, thank you again for joining us today. Uh, if you have any questions or you have any feedback that you'd like to share on fasting, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram uh, or reach out through one of the other channels. And we'll... Uh, We'll answer your questions. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of Healthy Team, Healthy Business Podcast. We'd love to hear any feedback, questions, or similar experiences our listeners have had. Please email any questions to teamdudes at healthyteamhealthybusiness.net. Or you could find us on Instagram at healthyteamhealthybusiness8. Or visit our website, healthyteamhealthybusiness.net.